I want you to think about how much control you have over your life. Your feelings, your influences, your opinions, all of it. Would you be shocked to learn that you have close to none? Your subconscious plays one of the biggest roles in making us who we are, but we have no idea of the influence it has over our lives. Today, I'm going to be talking about just that. All of the information I discuss will be from the book Subliminal, How Your Unconscious Mind Rules Your Behavior by Leonard Mildenau. Your mind creates your perception of the world around you, and we don't even realize it. It is our unconscious that takes the information presented to us and is able to comprehend it in a way to form our view of the world. Our brains are constantly editing what, what we are seeing so that we can understand what we're looking at. When we're listening to audio and there's parts that may be missing, our brain will try and fill in those gaps so we still continue to understand. Not only are our brains constantly editing and filtering what we see and perceive of the world around us, but it's also doing this with the memories that we make from observing the world and experiencing it and living it. Our brain alters how we remember things. So looking back on something, it will be slightly different than what actually happened. Um, our brains are really good about remembering the gist of things, which is why we're able to tell these stories and still carry on with our lives. Um, but when you go back and look at the details, they won't be as accurate and they may be even hard to remember. Um, in fact, when we remember something, we're remembering the last time we remembered it, which further alters the memory um, that it is. And not only can our memory just be influenced by us talking about it or thinking about it, but our memory can be influenced by the group of people around us. So I call this group, mem group memory. When we are discussing events with someone else and they're kind of slightly different, we subconscious subconsciously adjust our views to find a group norm in that way. So if I'm talking to a group of friends and I'm like, y'all remember Billy down the road and this happened? And then my friend's like, ah, oh, but Billy, Billy did this too. Instead of being like, oh, I'm right. Oh, you're right. We're going to merge our views and find a group norm of what actually happened. And we're going to believe that to be the truth. Um, but not only do others, people's like opinions and views influence how we remember things, but they just have a big influence on our lives and how we act in general. Um, so one example of this is scripting theory. So this accounts for people and also watching movies and films and things like that. Uh, I was able to actually learn about this subject in AP seminar and it's something I love talking about. I think it's so interesting. But basically what it is, is that when we are watching, when we're watching people and seeing how they're acting or we're watching a movie and seeing how things are playing out, we're picking up on different patterns and we are creating scripts in our heads of how social situations should work. So at AP Seminar, I focused on how the movies and films that teens watch give them false expectations for their teen lives, and they have this idealized view of it, but obviously life isn't like the movies, and so a lot of people end up falling short, and it can like hurt a lot, um, and that's just something that was talked about then, but not only do expectations for movies and everything like that influence our life, but other people's expectations influence us and how we behave and how we treat ourselves and think about ourselves. So in the book, one example that he gave, that the author gave, was with teachers um, labeling their kids as gifted or not. And he was talking about how the kids that were labeled, they were performing at the same level, but a group of them were saying like, oh, you guys are gonna be the gifted kids. And the other group were gonna be the struggling kids who needed more help. And even though at this time they're performing at the same level, they fulfilled the expectations that the teacher had for them. So if the teacher thought they would be successful, they weren't. And if the teacher was like, oh, there's no hope for them, then they really didn't try and they didn't do anything. Um, 
And just by looking at how one's expectations of someone influences someone a lot, we can understand how much as humans we rely on other people. And that's because we are social creatures. We crave human connection. We crave it so much that when we are deprived from it, we actually hurt and suffer. In fact, being hurt in a social sense can hurt you physically because the pain comes from the same place in your brain. Um, the pain you feel is very real. And I believe that you should treat it as though you were physically hurt. If you just broke your arm, you're not going to be worried about anything else except getting your arm fixed. So why should it be any different when it comes to our emotions? If you are hurting, you need to take care of yourself. Another huge part of being social is being able to read people. So humans give off so many nonverbal cues that our subconscious picks up on to let us better understand a person or a situation. Facial expressions are a huge component of this nonverbal communication, and it is by facial expressions that we can tell if someone is being sincere or not. Being able to accurately read and pick up on these cues is what enables people to have social success and go farther in life. And this is also what accounts for people being popular. The more popular someone is, the better they are at reading people and um, being able to like interact with them. Um, and not only do we read people, but we categorize them because we as humans categorize everything. We like organizing things, putting them in little groups. Um, we do this for survival. Um, because we can quickly examine something and decide whether it is a danger if it is dangerous or not. So based on exposure to such things such as culture or societal norms, we have actually created stereotypes for people as a way of grouping them. So just like movies played a big role in expectations for life and all that that I was talking about earlier, it's also part of the reasons that stereotypes even exist and it was that exposure that has created these groups um, for people. So when we don't know someone well, we actually end up turning to their social groups as category they fall into in order to make a judgment call. And that's just something we do automatically and since it's on a subconscious level, we don't act, most of the time we don't realize it's happening. Um, but if it gets to the point that you are discriminating against somebody, that, that is a problem. But just because on your subconscious level doesn't mean like, oh, you can't do anything. Like as soon as you realize you're doing something, then it's on your conscience level and you have the power to fight against it. Um, because we put people into categories, um, we have in-groups and out-groups. So in-groups are groups that you are a part of. Um, this can be like friendship groups, religion, race, anything like that. And of course, out-groups are the ones you are not in. So one interesting thing is that those in multiple groups, multiple in-groups, are more likely to work well with other people that have different ideas and beliefs in them because of how many different groups they are a part of themselves. Now within one in-group, we get group mentality. The group's achievements and failures are now your own. Um, your in-group can influence who you are as a person, how you behave. That ties back to expectations. If they have certain expectations um, for you, you're probably going to fulfill them. So if they're like, oh, you're really overachieving, you're a great person, you're like, man, I am a great person. You're going to continue living up to those expectations. But if it's like a bad group of friends and they expect you to do like drugs, them drinking, like things that might cause trouble, then you're more likely to fall into those things because they have those expectations for you. We also believe our in-group people to be more complex than those in the out-group. Even if in our in-group we don't really know them, just by associating them as a part of your in-group, it causes you to think more highly of them, but it also causes them to have more influence on you. So if you're closer with somebody and you're not in an in-group with them, they have less influence over you than someone who is in an in-group with you. 
As you can tell, there is so much that our subconscious does for us that we will never notice. But if I've learned anything, it is one thing, to always trust your gut. Your subconscious will never lead you astray and will let you know things your conscious mind hasn't picked up on yet to protect you because that's what this all is about, protecting yourself so we can continue on living and surviving. Thank you.